Amen, amen, amen. Well, this is the swan song today. We know about swan songs. I want to thank Angel. I've got, look what I got up here. I've got my cold water in here. Thank you so much. Um, I'd like Amy, if you could join me just for a minute before you leave, because I want to have a, just a little brief little word with you. I've got a, a bone to pick with her. <laughs> uh, have a seat, Amy. Isn't Amy a delight to you? <laughs> you know, there's a, as a former worship leader, there's a special place in my heart for those who lead worship. And, uh, you know, Amy's not a song leader, she's a worship leader. And there's a, there's a difference. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You know, song leaders lead songs. Worship leaders lead the people of God into the presence of God to honor and glorify Him. And that's an awesome thing. And uh, I want to thank you, Amy, publicly for all the years that you have served. You know, I have never, ever once had to worry about whether we're going to have an incredible service whether she's going to staff the worship team. I have never had to worry about special occasions like Good Friday or special Christmas services that she isn't going to do the job and not just do it, but do it well, do it really well. And I've never had to worry about a funeral because we just call Amy and she puts it together and she serves and however she's asked to serve and uh, never complains, but is always delighted to be used of God. And I wanted to honor her today in particular because worship is the heart of the church. It's the heart of the church. Would somebody get a box of Kleenexes for Amy, please? Uh, but uh, worship is the heart of the service. You know, somebody says, well, it's preaching. Well, you know, preaching sounds a whole lot better after a really good anointed worship service, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it greases the way and makes a pathway uh, into the word of God, the ministry of the word. And I thank Amy for that. And when I first came here, Gene Combs led worship until he moved to Florida about a year. He did an excellent job. I loved Gene, loved his trumpet and uh, the way he served. And Roger, Pastor Roger, led worship for his tenure. And, you know, there was a time on Wednesday night, I, we were doing worship before Bible study at the old church. And I, I, I just had this unction from the Holy Spirit. Uh, ask Amy, maybe Amy, yeah, come on. And uh, she reluctantly said yes. And, uh, and the night that she led worship, it was good, but every song was 90 miles an hour. <laughs> I still remember thinking, wow, I can't catch my breath. But she was, she was so scared. She said, if you'd asked me even two weeks earlier, I would have said, no, absolutely not. And she said, you asked me at just the right time. And she said, yes. And, you know, uh, she got over that. She said, my knees were literally, literally shaking and knocking together because she was... And, uh, but she, listen, and this is a lesson for all of us. When God calls you to do something, don't say no because you're afraid, but push through the fear. Because there's a ministry on the other side that will bless you, but it'll bless other people. And if you live in fear, that wall of fear is never gonna go away by itself. We sang a song about that, had a word of the Lord about it today. Push through the fear and serve. Push through the fear and honor God with your gifts and your talents. And Amy, I just wanna thank you. God bless you. You're a good, you're a good, you're a good wife too and mother. Because you know what, Isaac, when he got married, went to his wedding down and they did down in Iowa, and uh, married Catherine, smartest thing he ever did. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, he's our tech guy. I didn't expect them to move back up here, and it was uh, such a blessing that they did. And aren't you glad they're here too? Yeah. 
Yeah, amen. Amen. Yeah. And, and quite frankly, Andy needs you. He really he needs, needs you. <laughs> yeah, he does. God bless you, Amy. Love you. God bless you. <laughs> yeah. Well, today I'm not using the, the pulpit, the podium, even though it's been an honor to stand behind that same podium for all these years, but I felt uh, several weeks ago just kind of this coming together, and uh, it's going to be, uh, because it's my nature to be spontaneous, I'm less organized, um, that's why I always staffed around my weakness with people who had good administrative skills, but uh, so this is either going to be an anointed uh, message uh, or it's going to be a mess and, uh, and that's uh, all people don't always agree on that so but I wanted to talk about uh, memories and uh, the title of my actually my message or my last uh, uh, time here uh, is uh, thanks for the memories uh, and, and I wanted to share with you a scripture uh, Philippians chapter 1 uh, verses three and five, it says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And that has been my heart for almost 22 years. And uh, the congregation has transitioned, changed. I've done a lot of funerals. I'll be talking about that later. And a lot of memories of those that are in heaven. Um, and that's a, that's a blessing for me. But I have memories. And when Don and I ride off into the sunset and move away from here sometime around the end of May, we have you in our hearts and people in the past in our hearts, and people who are in heaven are still in our hearts. In fact, every year that we've been here, heaven gets sweeter and more anticipated because of so many of our friends and loved ones are there. And so it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But I give thanks for you every time I think of you, and we will do that after we're gone. Uh, just because a pastor moves on doesn't mean he stops loving his church family. You'll always be there in our hearts. And verse 5 says, Paul says, for you have been my partners. You've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And you all have been our partners. And I was thinking, and I, it's a dangerous thing to do uh, for, for me or any pastor to stand up here and try to put together a list of people that mean so much to him for how they served because most of the people do serve, and many of you in multiple capacities, and, uh, and, and it's just, it's, so if, please don't be offended if I just don't mention your name, but I'm not, I, I'm just a few out of all of you, and uh, so maybe it's a mistake, but you know, so the memories that are here are incredible. Um, I, I, I remember um, in this last service, um, and I thank you for the honor of being chosen by God to lead this congregation. It was God who chose me and called me here, and it's you who confirmed it uh, way back there in uh, 2001 um, on July, or actually uh, it was Father's Day of 2001 when I was voted in. Started my first day on the 15th of July, 2001, and uh, for the remainder of our lives into eternity, uh, we will remember this place and remember you. Um, when we came here, as was my practice and my philosophy uh, was in Ephesians 4, uh, 11 and 12, uh, where the fivefold ministry gifts, offices of ministry that are given by Christ as gifts to the church, pastor being one of those, uh, is to equip the saints to do works of ministry. And so to equip the saints, uh, my philosophy has been to be an equipper, 
to provide uh, training if necessary. The church has been gracious here and bought into the vision from day one, the board did, of providing uh, resources uh, to train folks to do a better job in ministry, and I appreciate that very much, their support. Uh, but the other philosophy of ministry for mine was uh, is to remember that it's not about me. It's, it's about his kingdom. And, and I have been faithful and true. On one day, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of the works done in the body, whether good or bad, and receive reward or loss of reward, dependent upon that. Paul told the Corinthians that, and he tells us that one day we'll stand before the Lord. And I'm confident of standing before the Lord uh, in the respect that I did what I could. And uh, he will reveal to me whether you should have done more, but that's up to him to decide. But my philosophy has been to never make a decision about the church or the future of the church that's best for me or my family, even if it hurts me and my family, then do what's best for the church, always do what's best for the church. And I can tell you that I will stand before the Lord with a clean conscience in that regard um, because it's not about me. And can I give you a revelation? Are you ready? It's not about you either. <laughs> True. Not about you. And so many times churches get into trouble and have conflict because they think it's about them. It's about what I want. It's not about what I want, not about what you want. It's about what he wants. Amen? Amen? And I have uh, high hopes and dreams that this church is going to thrive and it's going to excel way beyond where we brought it to. We, we are leaving it in better shape than we found it, and it was in good shape, and we came. I no commentary on our predecessors, uh, predecessor or predecessors. They did a great job. In fact, I truly believe I stand on, great, on their shoulders. I thank God for them. Uh, but this church has, from the day one, when we flew in in April, the board flew us in to interview us uh, to see, you know, uh, meet us face to face after some phone interviews. And when we stood in a circle at the end of that evening and held hands in the old pastor study, which isn't very big, it was like electric current. The anointing was just just shooting through us like we were at, we were at electric current going. And I felt that. And I knew that very moment, knew what I thought I knew before and it was confirmed, is that God has his hand on this church and that God has set it aside to do something unique and special. And it doesn't mean we think we're better than everybody else, but it's just God had his hand on this church, and that's what I saw, and I saw God's hand on this church and immediately saw that some things needed to change. And, you know, John Maxwell, one of my leadership mentors, he said, uh, has a saying that says that, um, followers don't like change. And then uh, leaders like change. Well, years later, he changed that, and he said I was wrong. And he said uh, followers don't like change. Leaders don't like change either, unless it's their idea. <laughs> and I, and I, when he said that, I thought, you know, you're right, butter, Buster. You know, <laughs> that's absolutely true. Uh, because we all have an idea of where we're supposed to go, and change is uncomfortable. Well, can I tell you folks, <clears throat> and I tell you this with joy in my heart, joy, uh, change is coming. Change is a constant. It's a reality. <clears throat> you know what happens <clears throat> when there's no change? You die. 
Without a vision, the people perish. They throw off restraint. There's no, you know, people do what's right in their own eyes. And there's going to be, uh, I believe, a person of God that God already has his hand on that is going to come and take the pulpit of this church. And God is going to breathe into his soul, her soul. He's going to breathe into them the breath of vision and a, and a vision for the future and a hope. And that person is going to see things that should have changed a long time ago. And that's okay with me. Because the longer you're in a situation, you, you become blinded by some things. You have the status quo, you just get used to it. And, and, and when I came, I saw things, I mean, just things just jumping all over. Like, first of all, we're going we're to have to do something about this facility. It was wonderful when it was built, but, you know, it wasn't very relevant to the modern times. And we need to do something, either radically renovate it and add on to it, or we need to relocate. And somebody says, well, you knew it back then? Yes. Because I can tell you the first thing I did once I got settled in here is I formed a strategic planning committee. These are the minutes of the meeting, in case it goes back into the files when I'm done with it. But uh, we appointed, with the help of the board, uh, told me who was uh, on this committee. I chaired the committee. Uh, pastor Roger Whittem was on it, our youth pastor. Uh, Diana LaFleur, our children's pastor. Nick Jackson, who was a board member. Andy Lindstedt, a board member. Lane Stank, board member. Ken Goffin, board member. Jill Jackson, Diana Wingers, uh, Jared Wingers, Cliff Combs, Larry Merrill. You remember that, Larry? Probably forgot. You're getting old, you know. <laughs> Linda Yonke was on it. She was my secretary. And uh, for 17 years, God bless you, Linda. I have wonderful memories of our time together. <clears throat> Tom Bemke, uh, her, him and Judy were new to the church at that time, and Kip Martin were on that. And the wives of the pastors were welcome to attend if they wanted to. Um, but we met on January the 30th, 2002. I came here in July of 2001. And there's the minutes of the meeting. We talked about the potential of relocating. Um, somebody threw out a figure who knows construction, probably Cliff, that's going to be at least $2 million. That was a lot of money back then, by the way. How many think it's still a lot of money? <laughs> back then it was a lot more money than it is now. And so relocating, can we do that the size we were with our resources? Probably not. And bottom line is we added internet. We modernized the technology of the church. We met again uh, in August of 2003 um, and decided a number of things that needed to change. One was renovating the current building and make the best use of it until we can grow enough that we can do something more than that. So it was a, from day one, we hit the ground running. And... Uh, able to accomplish, churches can only accomplish great things, pastors can, if you have great leaders. Uh, I'm just saying, great leaders. But you know what you got to have first of all? You got to have a great family. Because your family, you know, my wife reminded me because when I got here, I was a workaholic. I worked, and in my day off, I'd be in the back in the family room of the old church. She'd be up front homeschooling, and, and I'd go back there and kind of look down the long hallway to the dining room, and think I can run over to my office she'll never know I'm gone and I slip out over there and and uh, it got a place where she always knew I was gone she'd come back and check on me and she thought I needed to rest on my day off and I thought I needed to work and uh, so it got the place when I'd slip over there just for a few minutes and 
I'd walk in and Pastor Rogers would say, what are you doing here, PT? What are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm just going to be here a few minutes. He says, does Donna know you're over here? <laughs> and so she finally talked to me, and here's what she said. She said, you know, I know, I know that the people at the church love you, and I know you love them. But one day you're going to leave. Here it is. And, you know, those people are going to forget you. And if you don't start spending more time with your family and resting, you're not going to know us. And man, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, I, I need to do that. So I forced myself to take my days off from then on and occasionally had to work, of course. But uh, I want to thank my family. You see the second PowerPoint up here? That's a picture uh, when we came here, of first church directory. I don't know what it looks like up there. It's a little grainy. But uh, it hides my imperfections. And then uh, number three, that's 2004, three years later. That's Lisa and Ella, my our two youngest. They were pretty young when we came here. And, uh, and then number four is 2017. Uh, Lisa went off to college. Ellen was stuck home with us. And, uh, and then in 2011, here we are, just Don and I. Kids are both gone, college. 2016, next one, number six. Don't, you, don't we get better looking every... <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe I shouldn't be the one to say it, but I, I'm just telling you, it just looks so good. I mean, I can't help it. Looking good, looking good, looking good. So I want to thank my family and Donna. I love you so much. Thank you for being my helpmate. Thank you. And I want to thank my daughters and their spouses who are here, their husbands, and my grandchildren that are here. They, uh, those boys are in ministry. Uh, they live the closest. Uh, my grand, uh, son-in-law, Jason, wanted to come so bad, but he started a new job, and he couldn't be here, but Ellen came with the kids, and I thank you for our baby, Ellen, the baby of the family. And... Uh, And right next to her is uh, my, our oldest daughter, uh, Beth. She's a, she, in fact, I told her last week, and I meant this with all my heart, is that her husband is a very successful pastor of a church plant in Bismarck, the capital of North Dakota, and that church has blossomed and grown, bursting the seams um, on the precipice of revival, incredible anointing there, incredible church. Um, my son-in-law works himself to death, and and I told her, I said, you know, and I mean this, this is God, God's honest truth. It's not just because she's my daughter, is that Mark would not be the success that he is had he not married you. Yeah. She, she is an incredible pastor's wife, and Katie, our second oldest, right in the front row there, we'll skip over Julie, because she's in the middle. She's the third born out of five. But uh, Katie is a, I always nickname her Lady Catherine, and she's a, she's a beautiful uh, lady, and uh, all my daughters are beautiful, but she is uh, so um, 
well-read. All of our daughters are, but Katie is a writer. I mean, if you're, if you're friends with her on Facebook, she uh, opines on subjects of the day, that, how they relate to uh, the culture, to the church, and sometimes the nonsense in the church, and she will write, and it is so articulate. I mean, she could, she could uh, be a professional journalist. She is incredible. Gets a grasp on things. And, uh, and Craig, I love you, son. You know, I have to tell you something. You're really not my favorite son-in-law, but you're, you're right at the top, buddy. <laughs> Craig Pastor's in Fond du Lac and has for a number of years, but you too would not be the success without Katie. You married well. All my son-in-laws married well. I married well. And I'll just point out Zach, my grandson there, he's the oldest that's here this time. He had his birthday yesterday, he's 17. So God bless you, Zach. If you've been here a long time, you do remember all of my sermon illustrations that used to make you just laugh and roll. It was about him, that was Zach. Yeah. <laughs> I never paid him any royalties for this either. So, and we have uh, Julie, not least, but uh, she's right in the middle there between the family. And uh, Julie, you are an incredible woman of God. Uh, from the time you were little, you, you developed with intentionality your character to line up with the scriptures. Uh, she had a bad temper when she was little. She was redheaded and still is, but she had, a, she had a temper. And I remember this, she wasn't trying to show off, but she, she determined to control her temper. She knew God wasn't pleased. I still remember her as a little girl, she's probably in fourth grade, wrote out three by five cards of scripture that had to do with temper, controlling your temper, self-control. And she had all those scriptures she was memorizing and she pinned them up in the bathroom as I remember or in her room, I don't remember, pinned them up. Ellen used to pin up scripture cards in her bathroom and all over the place to memorize scripture. But uh, Julie conquered that and she's determined to be a, a, a lady that is pleasing to God. And Mark, without Julie, I don't know where you'd be, son. <laughs> I want to tell you all, uh, every one of my son-in-laws, including the ones now you heard them at Christmas, at New Year's anyway, they are incredible communicators of the gospel, incredible teachers. and. You know, I have to say, Mark, you are probably of all of them the most expressive in your facial expressions, your eyes and illustrating, and you're so calm and loving. And uh, it's just every one of them has a characteristic that is unique and special, but I, I appreciate you. And Mark lives close by where we're going to be living, and he comes over and helps me because I'm not a mechanic or anything. I can't fix anything. And Mark just says, Dad, you want me to help you with that? And I said, yeah. <laughs> so I thank you, Mark. God bless you. And the funnest commandment of the Bible is to be fruitful and multiply. Come on, that was worth a little chuckle, come on. <laughs> well, I had five daughters, and, uh, and I have now. We had nothing when we came here except five daughters, and, well, and son-in-law, a couple of son-in-laws, I guess. Uh, but uh, uh, no grandchildren, and now we have 15. So God is blessed. 
can I, can I also just move on to, I'm very thankful for leaders. As I said before, you don't get things done if you have board members who fight you every step of the way. Back in my last pastorate, I had a vision and a dream. You know, it was a winter state, had a lot of snow, long, long winters. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we had a, a gymnasium where we could do winter activities and just invite the community, we could do things. And when I shared that with my uh, elder board there, they laughed at me. And yet the dream was still there. And I believe it was a God dream. And when we came here, look what we have. Okay. God fulfilled that dream in me at another place in a bigger way. Uh, guess what? A pastor came in uh, several years ago at our church in North Dakota, and guess what they built? <coughs> big multi-purpose center where they can do activities and been a big outreach, uh, ministry outreach place where they minister to the oil field workers from all over the country. And so I thank God that that is a fruitful ministry and visions that were unfulfilled there were fulfilled there later, but they're fulfilled here. Thank God. That first board we had, 2001, up here, slide number seven. Aren't those, uh, you, do you recognize those guys? Those are little kids, most of them. And uh, I'll tell you, look at Andy. He looks like he's in high school. <laughs> Andy, you can say with the psalmist, I was once young and now I'm old, okay? <laughs> But uh, with each year, Andy, you grew wiser and uh, more adaptable and uh, skilled at doing the works of God. And uh, thank God for wisdom on the board. And Andy listened and grew. Uh, Nick Jackson, look at that. He had dark hair then, he had a little gray beard. I, I remember the first year I was there, uh, we. I talked a lot from the pulpit because we were packed like sardines and said, well, you know, we need to do something. We need to build or something. And I remember walking across the parking lot from the Fellowship Hall, which is a separate building, to the backside of the church to go up the office stairway. And we were over there for a ministry or something, and we were heading back over for a service uh, from there. And Nick said, you know, Pastor, you need, you need to quit talking about building. And I said, well, why not? We need to do something. He says, yeah, we need to do something, but I like you. I really like you. And I said, well, what's that got to do with anything? And he said, they'll run you out on a rail. Wait until after your one-year vote of confidence and then talk about it. And, and I kind of puzzled at that, scratched my head, and thought, is he joking with me? Well, the next Sunday, it just came out again, and people applauded. And so the people could see a vision. They could see the future. And, and I got voted in. Uh, I think it was about 93 to 94% of the people voted for it. Same as when I came here. So either some people changed their mind and others, you know, voted yes that voted no and vice versa. But, it, you know, it wasn't uh, unanimous, but that's okay, right? And Lane Stank was on the board. He did an incredible job. And Ken, you're, you're back on the board. You did an incredible job for a number of years. You've been here. And uh, 2004, number eight, look at there. There's another board. And we have uh, some handsome guys there. Well, they used to be. No, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, got those four there. Joel was on the board. Joel was a riot, let me tell you. He was, he wasn't, it was a scream. We used to have such a good time on the board uh, with those. And, uh, and then uh, slide number nine, we have 2007, the board. Uh, Tom Bimke was on the board back then. Did you know that? Yeah, Tom did a great job. And, and uh, then we moved to 2011, and we have this guy named John Blair. Now, John, you're here today someplace, aren't you? Wave at me. 
There you are. Stand up so they can see you. Stand up. <clears throat> Thank God for John. John was a riot, too. We had a lot of fun at our Christmas parties in our home. You know, uh, you know I won't tell you what happened at the Christmas parties, but uh, John, John really was a card. We appreciate you, John. You mean a lot to me, you and your family. Uh, I, I messaged him a few weeks ago and didn't hear back, and, and he showed up yesterday at the men's group. He used to be the men's coordinator, did a great job. In fact, one of the things I told him, I remember you always said, John, you, you would tell the men on Saturday morning when we met, or, or was it Friday night, I don't remember, but you would say, hey, guys, when your brother goes up to the altar to be prayed for, you need to go up and surround him and support him and pray for him. And you'd see all these men just come out of their pews back then and just lay hands and pray for their brother. I want to see that happen again, guys. That was awesome. And uh, 2011, you see the board there, and then you move forward to 2016, and we have um, this, this young guy there in the back named Tony and, uh, and Randy, and so you have this board there. Now, this was um, after we built we dedicated this building to the glory of God in 2015. And, and can I say, you know, uh, God uh, at an annual leadership meeting uh, in January, which we'd have once a year with the board and, and the pastors, and we would spend the day uh, growing in our leadership abilities, but also strategizing about the future. And uh, during uh, that year, uh, we decided that, hey, uh, I think it was 2006, 17, I believe it was, but uh, we decided that we need to pay this mortgage off, not let it run to its full amortization, which I think was, if I remember right, 25 years, something like that. And so we came up, uh, decided we'd come up with a theme. I came up with a theme um, because 2027 is our 100th anniversary, the theme of uh, Jubilee, all debts forgiven, and expected that maybe by the time our 100th year anniversary came, I might not, I probably wouldn't be here then, is that this would be debt-free, you could burn the mortgage. Now, you know what happened? Hey, six years, we burned the mortgage. <laughs> 2020, million and a half dollars wiped out. And, and I'll tell you, it's, some of you don't know that, you weren't here, we have a lot of new people um, but uh, this didn't just poof into existence. It, it, we, we worked hard, and, and uh, so many people worked so hard. We were here for some people every day. So our current leadership, slide number 12 there, you see uh, we have somebody broke the glass ceiling. <laughs> Connie, stand up, please. No. Oh. So we have a, and uh, does a great job. We appreciate that so much. Well, more memories. Let's go to slide number 13. Who do you see up there? Look at that. <laughs> Jill uh, told me several weeks ago, she says, Pastor, I'm so sorry I won't be able to be there, but I've already got plans to be out of town. And, you know, so we have plans for dinner. Nick's going to uh, invite us over to, for dinner, I think. Right, Nick? Yeah. <laughs> You got a great helpmate. She'll cook it for you, but we'll join you. So uh, we have plans to get together then. S uh, several people came in uh, this week and and uh, meet me and said we can't be here, but we wanted to 
give you a hug and, and a card and everything, so that was nice. I appreciate that. Uh, Jill texted me last night, said, I'm so sorry I can't be there, and encouraged us. So thank you, Jill, if you're watching. God bless you. Um, Dave, you were contacted, and, and thank you, Dave. God bless you. And uh, Tom and Betty Menorah sent a car. Thank you. You're watching, I know. God bless you, and others as well. But uh, can I tell you, Jill was a bookkeeper when I came here. Uh, Nick was the treasurer, but she, she did all the work, and he got the title. That's usually the way that works. But uh, Jill was a volunteer. Don't you love volunteers? And uh, we grew so much that we needed somebody in the office doing it in a professional way, so we hired her, and uh, she worked for, uh, for me for all those years, probably 17 years, 16 years, I don't remember, but uh, from the time I came here anyway, uh, until she retired from the office. And then this Linda Yonke up here, and I don't know if you recognize her, she's right back there. God bless you, Linda. And uh, she was my secretary for 17 years until she retired, and I never forgave her for that, but she's, uh, she's a great job. And uh, then we have here, for slide number 14, we have uh, former pastors that were on staff. We have uh, Pastor Diana, who's here. And we love her. She's still serving, but she's retired. And we have Pastor Roger, who we're still really, really good friends. And he sent me a uh, note in the mail that was very nice, nice encouraged. Thank you, Pastor Roger. And, and Nick Jackson sitting right up here. And he was a blessing. I'll tell you, every pastor would have given their right arm to have you in their church. And you've been such a blessing and such a good friend, a loyal friend, you and Jill. We appreciate you so much. And then slide number 15, we're going to move this on a little faster here uh, because I know some of you are hungry. Uh, but um, we have uh, 2016 there, uh, previous past. We have Pastor Mike, who did an incredible job. And um, you see... You see his thumbprint all over the place in here. You know, I still remember he put up all of these uh, sound absorbers everywhere himself, by himself. You know, they're real lightweight, so you just they put him and hangs them up. But uh, he did so much here, and just in uh, ministry as well. So we thank God for those who have served before us. And then we have uh, current staff. Catherine is our bookkeeper, does a great job, and. And um, uh, Deanna, God bless Deanna. I just wish she would smile once in a while. <laughs> and, uh, and then we have uh, Renee Pilsing. Uh, one of the smartest last things I ever did was hire Renee. She is a gift from God to this church and to me. So thanks for the memories. Slide number 17 talks about that, uh, what I shared a little bit earlier, so I'm a little out of line. The purpose of the strategic planning committee back in uh, the first year I was here when it was organized was to dream and strategize in cooperation with others on the committee about how to address the current and the potential future growth problems and offer suggestions of possible solutions to the Board of Deacons. It was a search committee that would look for uh, what we needed to do to build for the future, lay the foundation for the future. Slide number 18 is um, uh, some of the <coughs> statistics, some are, you know, they're guesstimated, some of them, but pretty close. 15 weddings, 60 funerals, uh, uh, 400 plus um, board meetings, ministry meetings, building committee meetings, probably a lot more than that, but, you know, that plus, 400 plus. Uh, 240 estimated staff meetings um, and 1,200 uh, plus estimated Sunday sermons. And you never run out of material because the Word of God is inexhaustible. Does that make sense? 
So uh, slide number 19 as we kind of come to an end of this. Um, now before we get to that, there's some names here that I don't want to miss. Rita Sadowski, Barb Bailey, Wayne Eland, Steve and Penny Sanders, Barb Caves, and there's so many others. Like I said, I couldn't possibly mention all of them. More names kept coming. I thought you got to stop somewhere, but so many more. Um, these folks are in heaven, but they were prayer warriors. And Barb was an artist who decorated, and now Allie's doing it for her. Didn't she do a great job? She's just transforming. <laughs> Judy, Judy helping her, and, uh, and so many others in here helping her. But I thank God for that, prayer warriors. Joe and Betty Cooley, thank God for prayer warriors and encouragers, and, and so many others, folks. I mean, I don't, please don't be offended at me. Uh, Carol Stoneburner in heaven. Linda's mom, prayer warrior. And uh, Rosa Larry, God bless you, a prayer team. Uh, Jim and Doris Grinsteiner. And I, I wanted to acknowledge Bert, Bert Horsmanshoff. Bert, I love you so much. You are the kind, one of the kindest uh, and uh, gentlest and yet strong men I've ever known. And those little boys you work with love you so much. I want to thank Dick and Gail Warnke for being here. Dick and Gail, he helped build this church. They did too. Dick and Gail, stand up so they can see you. They're at the back over here. Stand up. <laughs> yeah, they had the nerve to show up with a tan in the winter in North. We, you know. But uh, I'll tell you, Dick would have been a board member if he'd stayed, but he retired, moved, and uh, he's on. Uh, he's reminded me, I forgot, but I gave him a word of the Lord that that he would be on the board of another church. And I think it was about a year later, you're on the board and you've been serving so well there in a growing church, by the way, powerful church. But those are some of the things. And I wanna thank um, our board, Andy, Ken, Tony, and Joel. Many of you maybe not know, but Tony would be down here when we were building this church. All the volunteers would get tired and go home late, but he'd be down here at three o'clock in the morning sometime by himself finishing projects. His, he, he wrote the he, he wrote the uh, uh, the model for Ford Motor Company you know about quality and I appreciate him and Lisa for that and Jared and <laughs> Lisa for serving I want to be thankful for the people that helped build this church to be used of God I want to thank he's not here but Cliff Combs Cliff Combs was an uh, incredible resource in helping be general contractor for the building of this church and uh, just incredible man of God. Um, he's been a part of Calvary's building project since the time he got saved here. And thank God for him. And him and Liz are in Florida right now, but be back sometime. But um, all everybody who helped build this beautiful building, there's so many. We'll give them all a hand, would you? Yeah. I have down here just another, it came to me this morning, I got it written in here, but uh, Jim Lloyd, I don't know if Jim's here, but Jim Lloyd is the president of the Jail Outreach Ministry, which I helped start, by the way, and wrote their bylaws for them uh, in the beginning, when they were beginning, and uh, was a pastoral consultant there when it, when it first started. 
along with Gail Whittem, uh, Pastor Roger's wife. Um, but um, he's also on the board of the Abundant Life Mission, and he serves there. And he's an incredible uh, man of God who does outreach. Um, he's also a Gideon, as well as others here, Andy and others here, Gideon. So give them a hand, would you? <clears throat> so we want to get down to the close here, and I'm going to invite the worship team to come back as I'm finishing up here. And this is uh, slide number 21. Philippians 1.8, this is my heart. God knows how much I love you and long for you with tender compassion of Christ Jesus. Number 6, 24 and 26, I want to bless you. But before I do, I'd, I'd really like um, the board to come up here first. They, they don't know I'm doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. They can fire me if they want to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Why don't you come up, come up guys, and lady. I, was, I have to keep apologizing to Connie because I call them guys, and she says, I don't care. Anyway, come all the way up here. Come up here. You can go back and sit down. But uh, I, w- I want to bless them. Would you, would you bless them? They're, they have a monumentous, important job to do right now. They're going to serve you, and they've already been serving you with You could, don't know how many meetings they've had. Try, trying their best to seek the will of God for the future of this church. And they can only be successful if people are praying for them. And so would you stand and extend your hands this way as we pray for them? If Renee is in here, Renee, come up here, please. Come on up, Renee. Come on over, guys. Just spread out. Renee, come on. Let's pray together in the name of Jesus. We pray, O oh God, for the peace of God, Lord, to fill the hearts and the minds, the spirits and the bodies of our leaders today and of their families as well. Give them peace at all times in every way by your Holy Spirit. And Lord God, we pray for them for wisdom. Lord, that the Holy Spirit would, in, would release gifts of wisdom and knowledge and discerning of spirits that, Lord God, you would work into them the will of God. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in, in regards to the ministries and the future of this church. We pray, O oh God, that they would not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time they will reap if they don't faint. And so we pray for strength and courage. We pray that, Lord God, you would continue, Lord, for them to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God, Lord, so that you can release unto them the gifts that they need to accomplish the chores that they have to do on your behalf. We pray for unity in the spirit, O oh God, that would knit their hearts together in love, not just in these four, but the future leaders as well, and Lord, for their families, and Lord, for this church family, that there would be peace and unity and trusting you. 
that everybody would put their shoulder to the wheel and push in the same direction. We pray, Lord God, that you would give favor to them from the congregation and all the people. And we pray for you to give them encouragement, Lord, because there's been so many times, especially over the last year, when they were discouraged. Lord, the enemy came in like a flood, but Lord, we thank you that you raised up a standard against him. And you'll continue to do that. We pray that these in leadership would form godly friendships and connection that will be till the day you call them home. And we pray for holy boldness, that you'd give them boldness when they need to be bold, firm when they need to be firm, loving and compassionate when that's called for. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody said amen. 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 Now I've got one more thing, but you can go down and then you can come back up. Hey, would you extend your hand this way? It's the last slide. And I think it's appropriate. Give the ironic blessing. For the last time as your pastor, I say to you, the Lord bless you and keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. And may he be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless you.